0: Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 33 of the podcast. This episode is with W. Maxwell Prince, comic book artist and author. He has a new book that drops today, uh, October 19th, and it's called The Electric Sublime. So be sure to check that out. Speaking of comics and comic book shops, if you are interested in going to Stan Lee's LA Comic Con, please use the code PERKY and help out our homies over at the ThePerkyNerd. Uh, and you get, I uh, believe, a $10 off discount on your tickets. So use that promo code. As for the other show notes, I hope y'all are doing well. Please take the time to rate, review us on iTunes. Show us some of that social media love. We love it. And enjoy the show. W. Maxwell Prince, everybody. Work out, nerd out. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm, a I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candle slicker, Fighting dragons in my mind. Well, hello again, Dragons. This is Kenny Rotter, host of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. Welcome back to another phenomenal episode. Today, we are joined by W. Maxwell Prince, comic book author and artist. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm well, thanks. Excellent. And you are here because we wanted to talk about your new book, Electric Sublime. Yes, the Electric Sublime. Which um, we'll get more details into that again um, a little bit later in the show. But I reread the little teaser that I got at Comic Con, and I'm really excited for this. Oh, cool. Thank you. (laughs) So, um, why don't, since I don't know very much about you, and neither does anybody else listening unless they're a creepy stalker, which I hope they're not. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get into the business? What do you do? Who are you?
1: Uh, okay. Um, so I am W. Maxwell Prince. Uh, my name is Will, but I write under W. Maxwell Prince because it's really hard to Google William Prince, which is my name, because you just get a bunch of <laughs> Prince William.
0: Um, I was definitely going to make sure that you threw in that story because that cracked me up when you told me that at Comic-Con. I was like, "Yep, that could definitely be a problem."
1: Yeah, and it's you could even try to get really specific about my life and somehow there will be some, you know, sort of applicable thing to Prince William. Like, uh, I grew up on Darlington Drive and he apparently like plays tennis at the Darlington Tennis Club. So it's really just <laughs> impossible to find me on the internet. So yeah, so I write under W Maxwell Prince. I am a comic book author. I had an OGN come out on IDW last year called Judas The Last Days. Uh, I guess that was my first uh, properly published uh, piece of comic work Uh, in about a couple weeks. I have a series starting at IDW called The Electric Sublime about art history. And then uh, in December, I have a little um, experimental graphic novella coming out on Image. Called one week in the library.
0: Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to include links to Judas cause I have found that. Um, and definitely, um, we'll include links to wherever people can find electric sublime. And then hopefully you'll keep a surprise of, um, one week in the library. So we can tweet that out to everybody when it comes out, uh, later in That's the winter. Hard. Um, so, Tell me about one of your favorite heroes. It can be a fictional hero, a superhero, or even a personal hero, a source of inspiration.
1: Whew. That's um, that's a tough one. Um, I guess just going with uh, kind of what I'm into right now, uh, George George Saunders, the author, mm-hmm. uh, pretty big hero. He's... Um, Able to kind of, uh, write like a maniac. Um, (laughs) but, uh, by all accounts is like kind of one of the most, uh, sincere, nicest, uh, gentlest people you'll ever meet. Okay. Um, and (laughs) so, uh, to be able to access that kind of part of himself, uh, for his writing, but then, you know, um, be an approachable, normal person uh, outside of it, uh, something that, (laughs) that I aspire to. So, uh, yeah, him.
0: So what, what really attracted you to his work when it first, when you first came across it?
1: Yeah, I guess he was one of a number of these writers, uh, coming out of the late eighties and early nineties, um, in a kind of, uh, modern postmodern movement, um, with, people like David Foster Wallace and Juno Diaz um, and uh, Rick Moody and those sorts of people. Um, and he was, I had read pretty much all of those guys before George Saunders. And every time I would read an interview uh, with one of these guys, they would mention George Saunders. So I picked up his first book of short stories called Civil Warland and Bad Decline. Um okay. and I mean he's just uh he's a genius. He won uh the MacArthur Grant um a couple years ago. He uh he was nominated for the National Book Award this year. Um and I just read uh, an advanced copy of his he's he's primarily a short story writer, but his first ever novel uh, is coming out in January.
0: Um oh,
1: very cool. And I just finished it and it is, uh, tremendous. So.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we will have to also keep everyone, um, updated about what's going on with that as well. So before we, uh, came on, before we started recording, we, we briefly spoke about Luke Cage that just, uh, came out on Netflix yesterday and you said that you were more of a DC guy. Um, would you say that DC comics are one of your favorite areas of nerdiness, or is there something else that you are really in love with?
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's uh, it, it depends on what you consider to be nerdiness in terms of nerding out, uh, <laughs> which I think is often just um, kind of indicative of a certain uh, sort of almost religious obsession with something or something that kind of starts to get you excited and uh, obsessive in ways that other things don't. Um, so at least growing up, it was definitely DC comics. I, I don't really read DC comics now. Um, but, uh, in my formative comic reading years, uh, those were, those were definitely it. Um, now it's mostly, um, Good literature and
0: uh, powerlifting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We're definitely going to get into the powerlifting stuff in a minute. Um, so, growing up, who's your favorite uh, DC superhero? What was the what was the, the superhero that you were just absolutely crazy about, or that you wanted to be? Uh.
1: Pretty boring answer, but, uh, it was, I was pretty much a straight up Superman and Batman guy, you know, kind of depending on what day of the week it was, I would, (laughs) uh, want to be either one of those. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Did you give me your thoughts on Batman versus Superman? Oh, I thought it was, uh, very bad. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, it was, uh, it was actually, I found it physically exhausting to watch. I kind of walked out of the theater, um, kind of tired and like taxed
0: okay yeah i can see that
1: um i i watched the actually on the plane to san diego comic-con um from new york i watched the like extended
0: oh yeah
1: edition um which was actually definitely better than the final dramatic cut um there was a lot of connective tissue that for whatever reason, got cut out of the, the final movie. Um, so it was definitely a more coherent movie, uh, the extended edition, but it didn't really make it any better of a okay. movie.
0: So I found it just like unmemorable. Like, yeah. I mean, I mean I've got, I've, oh, I've been caught telling people that it was a phenomenal 15 minute wonder woman trailer. <laughs>
1: Well yeah, I mean not only that, but there's uh I mean the way that these movies work in order to uh kind of advertise, you know, their uh the things that follow. Uh at one point she opens up actual trailers yeah. <laughs> for like all of the other DC superheroes and I I kind of I, I think I remember saying out loud like you know, don't tell me she's going to watch all of these. I thought maybe she would watch one and then skim through a bunch of pictures, but she actually just takes 15 minutes to watch like movie trailers in the middle of the movie, which is um, kind of brilliant actually, but uh, <laughs> uh, not doesn't make for a good cinema. Like
0: I, I am ex- sadly, I am excited for her movie and I'm excited for Jason Momoa as Aquaman, but I just have no faith that DC is going to do anything well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're they're running pretty thin in terms of the the their good faith um, and people trusting that they can you know sort of translate their their IP into you know enjoyable movie experiences. Um, pretty much every so far, the trend has been that the the trailers premiere, and then I'll read an article that says that the advanced reviews are really good, and then. The real reviews will start to, to come out, and the <laughs> consensus will be that it's the you know, same thing with Suicide Squad that it's actually pretty messy and bad. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't honestly, I don't want to shit all over DC right now.
1: Oh, sure, yeah, I know you have, you don't uh, <laughs> want to <laughs> alienate any uh, comic book companies or listeners.
0: Oh, yeah, not at all. And like, I I did love Ben Affleck as Batman Bruce Wayne.
1: Oh, that was the for me, that was the best part of the movie. I thought him and his uh, rapport with Alfred that was um, kind of worth the price of the ticket. so
0: yeah, and I thought he he has been a great dual Bruce Wayne and Batman. I have found that like Michael Keaton back in the 80s was a great Bruce Wayne, but his Batman was okay. And then I thought Christian Bale was an amazing Batman. But an okay Bruce Wayne, and I thought Ben Affleck knocked the entire thing out of the park.
1: Yeah, he did, uh, he did seem to understand that they are two different roles. Um, so, I, yeah, I thought, uh, I thought he did a good job.
0: Yeah. All right. So, if, if you could have any superpower, what is the one superpower that you would want?
1: The one superpower that I would want... Um, I guess at this stage in my life, uh, it would, it would, again, really boring, just be super strength so I could lift more.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know there's a lot of, uh, gym dragons out there that feel the exact same way. (laughs)
1: Um, or maybe also my, my other superpower would be to, uh, recover, um, from hard workouts and empty my body of lactic acid at a quicker rate, that would be really great.
0: <laughs> very practical. Yeah. Very practical. Um, so along with the super strength, would you also have like, kind of like super skin, almost Luke Cage-like?
1: I mean, at this point, I'll, I'll take whatever I can get, yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything more super than what I am would be pretty fantastic.
0: Well, what's, what's awesome about that, and this just kind of popped into my head, is... Technically, you already have that superpower because every day you go to the gym, you get a little bit better, and so there you are doing more than what you did yesterday.
1: Yeah, the uh, the correlation between uh, muscle mass and 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 strength um, that it, it works in in our favor. So, human body is an amazing thing
0: <laughs> for sure. So, how did you get into powerlifting? <sighs>
1: Um, I guess about four or five years ago, um, I was really out of shape and not feeling great. Um, and I was looking for uh, a way to change that, um, and, and possibly a, a fitness based way to change that. Um, and I had been recommended actually, uh, and so this will be the first part of the story. Um, uh, a, a friend of mine a long time ago had gotten into CrossFit and recommended it to me. So, uh, when I was trying to get into a kind of regimented program, uh, CrossFit, uh, sort of came to, to the front of my mind and I tried it out, went to their introductory classes and actually really liked it. Um, I got really into it, not so much the culture of it, um, but just the, uh, kind of, uh, class-based, um, interval training. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the, the ways, the modalities that CrossFit combines um you know you have your kind of cardio and uh kind of the interval training that involves a lot of jumping around and then you have the stricter um you know lifting and and strength training that they do um and i was definitely always more attracted to the strength training so then about three years ago uh, i injured myself um doing crossfit uh, and had to take like six months out of the gym and was kind of reassessing, um, how I felt about CrossFit and the ways in which it, uh, kind of taxed my body and, and also the nature of their instruction and their philosophy. And, um, I found, um, just through a lot of sort of Googling, uh, a powerlifting gym, uh, right by my apartment in Brooklyn. Um, so I went there and talked to uh, the people that run it, uh, he's, uh, Polly Steinman, uh, who's like a, a pretty, uh, renowned, uh, lifting coach, um, and kind of powerlifting personality. Um, and he explained his philosophy, uh, which was making me stronger, uh, without hurting myself, um, or compromising any part of my body. Uh, so I decided to give it a whirl and then, um, got, sort of fully involved with the gym and the culture and the uh, sort of philosophies behind strict powerlifting and uh have been doing it ever since.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, have you have you felt comfortable enough to compete? Do you have plans to compete in the future? Yeah, so I do have plans to
1: to do that in the future. Um the, the first step, of course, which is, I think, the hardest step is that you have to buy a singlet. <laughs> um, and the lifting isn't scary, but wearing a singlet is. <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, I, I'm lucky in that uh, a lot of regional competitions are held actually at my gym, um, because of, uh, the gym owner's kind of status in the, the powerlifting world. So, um, I get exposed to the, uh, the competition circuit quite a bit, so I hope to, um, after maybe a couple more months of training, start to get on a, a competition track.
0: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, definitely keep uh keep me um, updated on that. I would love to uh to follow that and see how you're doing.
1: Oh, sure, thanks. Yeah,
0: uh, now I've uh I've gone to a couple powerlifting competitions and just. Watching what some guys can do and some girls can do, it's absolutely incredible. Um, powerlifting and bodybuilding competitions are some of my favorite thing, like events to attend. Mm-hmm. Just because seeing the human body at its peak performance in any sort of athletic endeavor just always blows my mind.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, especially, you know, the ways in which a powerlifter can develop their strength, you know, uh, relative to their, their body size and the kind of cross sections of their muscles. Like, you know, uh, I'm about 200 pounds and five foot nine, five foot 10. And, um, I do pretty well for myself, but there are guys that are my size that have been able to develop strength in such a way where they're, you know, lifting up to 50% more than I am. So, uh, it's just kind of amazing to watch people develop their bodies and kind of uh, manipulate uh natural physiology
0: like really big human ants
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> no. so what either yeah what what drives you to go to the gym each and every day except on rest days or what drives you to just wake up and put you know pen to paper and write out that next comic idea like
1: yeah, it's actually, it's the same impulse, I think, on, on both sides, which is uh, a kind of compulsive, obsessive personality, going back to that, you know, nerding out, if you're able to kind of lose yourself in an endeavor or a hobby. Um, so, you know, the, the same kind of writer's impulse. Um, I, I mean, the writer's impulse is perhaps more natural to me than the, the fitness impulse, Um because that only came after time and after kind of exposing myself to it and realizing that I liked it. But now both are, you know, both are kind of, uh, measures to maintain sanity. It's just, uh, I feel like I have to do it. Otherwise I, I won't be happy. So that's why I I kind of do both of them.
0: Are you a morning gym person an afternoon gym person or evening gym person?
1: So, yeah, uh, (laughs) that's a good question. I started as an evening guy. Um, And then switched to mornings and found out that uh, I liked it a lot better. Um, So I go pretty strictly uh, at around 9.30 a.m., you know, three to four days a week. So
0: For sure. And have you ever had those mornings where you wake up and you just, you're like, I don't want to go, but you go anyway?
1: Yeah, that's every morning. Um, (laughs) And then... I have about a 15-minute subway trip to the gym, and uh, all along that subway trip, I'm kind of regretting my decision, and then the walk from the subway to the gym, part of me is secretly wishing that the gym will be closed for some reason, um, but then, of course, it, it all becomes worth it once you get there.
0: Well, um, I got a question. What kind of gym do you go to? Is it like big box gym or dungeon-type gym? Yeah. It's just a garage with a bunch
1: of heavy metal in it pretty much. Um, there's like, so it's a, it's an open garage. There's about, uh, uh, maybe five, uh, lifting racks in there, uh, a platform for, uh, deadlifting. And we also have a a couple Olympic weightlifters, um, and then two, uh, ER racks for like benching and stuff.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cause I, I had moved to Phoenix, Arizona about six years ago. Um, Well, I moved back. I was born and raised there, but when I was looking for a gym, I really wanted to join this. It was a co-op where it's just, you pay, they give you a key. You can use the gym almost any time.
1: You just,
0: yeah, you just gotta, you just have to open it up and make sure it's locked if you're the last one there. But it was, everyone in there was like a serious powerlifter, serious bodybuilder. Like there was, and the machines were old and ripped. It was like, it, it kind of reminded me of the stuff you could imagine, like... Schwarzenegger or... You know, Lou Ferrigno working out in, um, back in the pumping iron days, just like total dungeon style where everyone's just there to get huge.
1: <laughs> that's um, a, that's a, they could be good motivators. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, and then I settled on LA fitness cause it was cheaper.
1: That's also <laughs> a, 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 very common motivator.
0: So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, especially then it was great. Cause then I could move out to LA and not lose any of my, uh, upfront fees.
1: Oh wow. Oh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So no. Um, and I guess big box gyms have their, you know, positives and negatives.
1: But Yeah. I mean, for me, I just need like a real rack and not like a Smith machine or something. Um, yes. So as long as I could, you know, uh, create a real bar path in all my
0: movements and I'm happy. So, uh, I do wish I could tell people Smith machine squats are not squats.
1: No, I, uh, my, one of my favorite, uh, internet memes, I think I saw it like three years ago was, uh, a kind of, um, a serious gym that had a Smith machine in it. um, and they bought it specifically to use as a coat rack, because that's the only thing it's good for.
0: <laughs> See, I won't go that far. Like, <laughs> I, I do think every machine has its uses, mm-hmm. and you can definitely complement, um, you know, regular squats with something on the Smith machine. Um, I actually am kind of a fan of... um smith machine benches not Mm. as a replacement for regular benching but as a in addition to because they don't take care of the smith machines at my gym so it's a little bit of added resistance (laughs) (laughs) um seriously pushing even like 150 on that feels like you're pushing two it's ridiculous
1: Hey, maybe I, I just got to try your Smith machine and I'll uh, be singing a, <laughs> singing a different tune.
0: No, you won't. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you have a mantra or a motto that you just repeat in your head that gets you going, gets you up, gets you fired up?
1: I'm trying to think. I, I do, uh, I write myself little notes for the morning. For some reason I write them in the calendar app. So like I'll give myself like a daily list of things to do. And at the end it says, be nicer to yourself. Got another one that says, it's a, it's a list of four things, three of which are stuff that I have to do at work. And then the last one just says, relax.
0: I think that's important. People need to remember to, to work hard, play hard.
1: Yeah. So it changes day to day. But yeah, I, um, I try to motivate myself a little bit on, on days when maybe I need it.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have a fairly strict diet?
1: I should. Uh, I do not. <laughs> um, i am uh really good friends with uh frank Barberi. he's the writer of five ghosts at an image and he's got a new image thing coming out called uh violent love uh next month um and he does, he does a lot of other stuff too he wrote uh it's not publishing anymore but he wrote howling commandos from marvel um and frank and i have known each other for a long time and we uh we take special pleasure in in eating gross, terrible things. So, um, (laughs) I, I could use a better diet. Um, I I would be willing to say that I've, I'm, uh, I've been in a, a bulking phase for four years. (laughs) So, uh, it might, it might be time to cut soon.
0: Okay. What is your favorite gross thing to eat?
1: Um, in terms of like everyday stuff, uh, just, just pizza is delightful. Um, I, uh, New York pizza. Yeah. New York pizza. Then I just, uh, something that actually (laughs) Frank and I used to partake in when he still lived in New York is we would meet at this, uh, barbecue place called, uh, Dino barbecue, uh, kind of a famous barbecue place in New York that originated in Harlem. And then they opened one up in Brooklyn. Um, and they have something there called Dino Poutine, which is their kind of weird barbecue take on poutine. Um, so it's French fries with cheddar cheese, uh, uh, barbecue sauce gravy, and pulled pork
0: on top of it. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing.
1: Uh, so that's that, that's up there as, as one of the things I like to indulge in.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. That just sounds delicious. <laughs>
0: See, now, now I, I think the rest of my diet for the rest of the day is just going to be up in smoke. So I'm going to be like, you know what I want for dinner? I want barbecue.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I was just talking uh, to my wife earlier, and that um, I basically, after starting a strict powerlifting regimen, um, I've never been stronger and my back has never felt better, um, which is funny because a lot of people think that, you know, um, putting a bunch of weight on your shoulders, uh, is, is, or, you know, deadlifting, um, you know, 350 pounds is the thing that hurts your back. Um, but I have actually been experiencing a little bit of back pain and I think it's because, you know, um, everyone could use some better core development. So I'm going to try to try to be a good boy and, uh, perhaps get on a little bit of a diet. I did, a uh, experiment with like paleo stuff when I was, uh, back doing crossfit but uh never really worked out for too long
0: yeah um i think my wife and i well i don't think i know we just started this meal delivery service because we're both always running called macro plate and it's great because you just order food you order like essentially you just give them money and then they give you prepared meals that you just pop in the micro but it's all broken down by macros oh wow um so yeah it's it's phenomenal I uh, I should actually email them and be like I mentioned you guys on my podcast like once or twice you should give me free stuff yeah <laughs> that was
1: uh there's always the possibility that I I did uh kettlebell kitchen um back when I was doing crossover uh, kind of a similar thing um which was good I just ended up getting sick of it and now my wife do and I do uh hello fresh which isn't microwavable, but it's uh, pretty, pretty healthy. And they deliver us three meals a week that we could cook together. So
0: it's, uh, similar to blue apron.
1: Exactly. Yeah. They're a a blue apron competitor. So these are, these are ways to definitely eat healthier. The problem is, you know, when you come home from work tired and all you want is a pizza pie or a hamburger or something.
0: Well, so my wife and I used to do one of those, one of those, uh, blue apron, hello, fresh, uh, delivery services and it was called Sun Basket, and it was great, and the food was really good. And I, I, I personally love cooking, but I got a new job that's an hour away from where we live, and so by the time I get home, it's like six six thirty. I'm up really early around four a.m. because I'm an I'm a morning guy as well, a morning gym guy but I have an hour commute, so I got to get it in super early. And so we loved the meals, but it was like, I don't want to spend 30, 40 minutes cooking and then go immediately to bed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could take up pretty much the the remainder of your evening. I mean, the chopping alone. I never realized that, you know, um, (laughs) most of
0: cooking is just chopping. (laughs) Right? Oh, man. Or uh, when, and like... I would always like say a secret thank you whenever it was like coarsely chop instead of finely chop. Oh yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, any any anything beyond a mince is is something I could get behind. So. Yeah,
0: right. Now, so I already explained to you that we have a term here called workout nerd out, and so one question we ask is, what did you do to workout nerd out this week? Which is what is one health fitness thing you did, even if it's just going to the gym? And what's one nerdy thing you did? User-defined question, answer it however you see fit.
1: Uh, sure. So, um, workout thing. Yeah, I was at the gym uh, yesterday. Um, uh, I have, a, like, a weekly program. So, yesterday was uh, ooh, deadlifts, uh, three-second pause bench presses and uh lunges uh so that was fun and i got a massage today because i am Mm. in pain from all of that um then nerd out um finishing up design on um tom muller who does a lot of like design for image comics nowadays um he kind of works on everything now um he did the cover design for my image book. Uh, so kind of finalizing that. And then I'm working on, uh, a new story that, um, hopefully will come out someday. Um, so I, I wrote some comics. That was my, my, my nerding out.
0: That's okay. That's a good way to nerd out. Let's be honest. And Uh, with you nerding out by writing them, I get to nerd out by reading them. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to share um, my nerd out this week. Um, my amazing, beautiful, fantastic wife um, has a friend who got us into the Magic Castle um, out here in L.A., which is just a kind of exclusive club for magicians. Whoa. I lost my mind. <laughs> I was like, there's like four floors and like... Fifteen different rooms and magicians doing all sorts of different tricks, and it was amazing. All
1: right. That sounds like something I want to do. I don't, dude, think we, I don't think we have that in New York.
0: It's no, it's it's the only, it's the only like specific magic castle like ever. Um, but dude, it, next time you're in LA. Give me a little bit of notice, and I'll see what we can do.
1: I know. I know. I talk a lot about fitness, and not a lot about comics. But um, I guess I just have more to say on the former right now. I don't know.
0: <laughs> that works, man. No, but let's 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 talk about why you're here. Let's talk about your work. Sure. So Before we jump into Electric Sublime, tell me a little bit about Judas. Um, what's it about? Why should I read it?
1: Sure. Uh, So Judas, The Last Days, um, was a book that I had been working on for many years, um, with an artist named John Amore. Um, and I I forget when I started writing. It was kind of a long time ago. And, uh, I had made like 10 or 12 pages with John, who's, uh, an artist I found on a website that I think is defunct now called Digital Webbing, um, which, Uh, connected, you know, um, uh, fledgling comic book artists with uh, comic book writers. Oh, very cool. um, And so we started working on something together, and I had sent it. I had met uh, an editor at IDW um, at a comic convention uh, many years ago when I kind of had no intention. Not no intention, but I wasn't as serious about possibly writing them. Um, And so I sent him an email kind of showing him what we were doing. Um, and he pretty much said, yeah, this is great. Um, we're interested in doing this. And there's a lot of back and forth, uh, over the next many years, um, that aren't all that interesting, but ultimately we finished the book and it came out, um, as an OGN six chapters. Uh, it is about, um, the hypothetical tale, uh, as most comics are, I guess. Um, positing that Judas the apostle, uh, and the rest of the apostles were kind of, um, uh, I guess the word is cursed, but not really cursed, but basically they were found themselves to be immortal, um, after the death of Jesus. Um, and the, uh, the book is basically about Judas, you know, uh, over 2000 years old, um, Wanting to, to kill himself. Um, and so he has, he has to kind of, cause he's tired of being alive and tired of people giving him a bad rap. Um, so he has to kind of, uh, gather a couple other apostles and figure out a way to sort of change his story. Um, and he, he, uh, it, it's, it's kind of a weird one, but, uh, he runs up against Paul. Uh the Apostle Paul, who was uh uh turns out to be the president of the United States, so then <laughs> Jesus shows
0: up. Um and
1: so that's kind of the the gist of it.
0: That it's, sounds, I it sounds really cool because I love a lot of people like we were discussing earlier are like, oh, I want this superpower, this superpower, but rarely do we look at the negative aspects of a superpower. Like, you, you'd you think immortality right. is a phenomenal superpower, but then in, in this story about Judas, obviously there are some bad things about that as well, especially when you are known as, you know, the Great Betrayer. And I, I'm kind of, like, in my mind, the other instance I have is, like, Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah and how his backstory is all about he hated being immortal
1: yeah and, and sort of acted uh if i remember correctly against his sort of natural instincts which you know was to kill and be a bad guy um, yeah. uh i think he actually was for a while then kind of i don't know if he had kind of he, just like a change of heart basically right
0: he 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 was really like he was a Kind of a bad person, got turned into a vampire, it was like the most violent vampire ever, got his soul back. That's so right. Yeah. So he couldn't kill and not feel guilty about it. That's um right. and then in subsequent subsequent seasons and episodes, he goes back and forth at times from bad guy to good guy. Um although one of my favorite episodes was there was one where he took ecstasy and turned essentially um, turned into a bad guy until the drugs wore off um, that's
1: that's pretty much what happens to me on ecstasy by the way
0: so. <laughs> you turn into a bad guy until the effects wear off
1: Yeah
0: <laughs> I don't think you're the only one. Um, okay so electric sublime um, amazing teaser from comic-con. So tell us a little bit about what electric sublime is about. Uh,
1: so it's basically, uh, an art history comic. Um, it's about, a well, there's a, a character in it named Arthur brute, uh, who is, um, a kind of art detective. He's able to jump into paintings, uh, to fix problems inside the painting. Um, so the first arc of the electric sublime is about um, something going wrong with the famous painting and uh, causing the rest of the world to kind of lose its mind. Um, and he has to figure out uh, what's going on.
0: Okay. Cause I know the, the teaser ends with the Mona Lisa winking.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: and it's, it, it, seems to be that someone just painted her eye winking, but I think there's more to it than that.
1: Yes, uh, there is. So um, we'll find out why she's winking and uh, winking and winking faces are kind of a recurring uh, motif in the book. Um, I think on the back of that teaser or somewhere in that teaser is our little winking Ideogram, our little symbol, um, just this kind of black face drawing. Uh, okay, so with, I
0: have to go find that
1: <laughs> with one closed eye, um, and you'll see that a lot in the first, in all the issues, really. Um, and that starts to take on a kind of weird significance. People with uh, one eye closed and one eye open.
0: Ooh, see, see, now I'm I'm more intrigued, um, <laughs> and I I do love that there's an actual like. I guess I, guess I, I want to say historical aspect to it, like an art history aspect to it. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, that's uh, kind of the same thing with Judas. I seem to be attracted to stories that have this kind of uh, pre-existing non-comic book continuity. Um, so basically like a rich um, history that I can pull from and make stories around. Um, I don't know if that's just, me being lazy, or just <laughs> interested in what I'm interested in, but uh, yeah, I like I like things that already kind of have a rich uh, that are already sort of um, kind of sparking certain things in people's brains without having to know much about the story, just because there's this kind of deep coding of of certain characters and and worlds inside people's brains. So yeah.
0: And when uh, when is the first issue coming out?
1: Uh, the first issue comes out October nineteenth, so I guess less than three weeks. Um, and I believe we're going to have fi- we're going to have advance copies of the first issue at uh, New York Comic Con this coming weekend.
0: Well, um, I think this is going to post after New York Comic Con. So I'm so, sorry. Uh
1: no problem. But so uh uh yeah. Comic Con, which happened in the past for those listening, um, <laughs> had advanced copies of the book. But no, yeah, so October nineteenth is the the first issue of Blackwith Sublime, and then it comes out uh monthly thereafter.
0: That's excellent. And do you have a like set number of issues? Is it gonna be just like an arc or are you just kind of like hoping it's going to be ongoing until forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever.
1: Um,
0: well, uh, so my,
1: my hopes are definitely, um, that it would be an ongoing, um, we're contracted for four issues. Um, okay. so it's basically, uh, those four issues are litmus as to how well IDW can do with a kind of weird, um, independent title. Um, and if people, respond to it in the appropriate ways uh then we'll get more issues
0: awesome well yeah. i will put it on uh my pull list at oh, my local comic shop so that was... I, I will Th- call tiffany today <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> all right um and then you've got another graphic novella coming out in december what's that one about
1: Sure. So that's uh, on image called One Week in the Library. Um, It's seven short stories, uh, one for each day of the week, um, that uh, kind of take place in this uh, Borgesian infinite library, uh, where the stories kind of start to come to life. And basically, each chapter is a sort of practice or an experiment in a different type of storytelling. So one chapter, um, is told through infographics, um, and charts. Uh, another chapter has a bunch of typeset prose in it. Uh, another chapter is completely silent. One plays with color. Um, so it's these, these different ways really cool. to, to tell a story. Um, but it, it coheres it has kind of a, a through line to keep the readers sort of turning the page. So,
0: no, that sounds really cool. And I, um, one of my favorite comics um, was a near-silent comic, um, Godzilla in Hell. So I, I usually love it when people are creative with how they decide to tell a story.
1: Yeah, the silent chapter is, is just like Godzilla in Hell, except really sad.
0: Oh. <laughs> All right, note to self. Yeah. Um, have a happy comic book next to that one so I can, yeah, so I exactly. can read it after. Um, all right, so is there anything else that we need to know about any of the work that you've done? Electric Sublime coming out October 19th, 18 days away.
1: Um, I think I should just mention that uh, um, Electric Sublime is drawn by Martine Mirazzo, um who is a, a brilliant argentinian uh comic book artist uh he did uh great pacific on image with joe harris and is currently doing uh snowfall on image with joe harris um he's uh he's got this kind of uh frank quietly-esque quality um to his work um he's also just a really nice and open guy um and so i think his uh even if even if the story proves to not be great for The Electric Sublime, uh his artwork is uh, worth spending the three ninety nine or I don't know, actually don't know how much it costs either two ninety nine or three ninety nine, but uh it's worth the price of admission. So
0: Sounds good. And I can say that from the teaser I read, uh the art is beautiful and it's very impressive.
1: Yeah, it gets even better. He's got a I asked him to draw a lot of different famous uh paintings. Um, So he both superimposes them and then draws them himself in other scenes and expands upon them. So, uh, that's cool. I definitely didn't make things easy for him. So, and (laughs) and he rose to the challenge.
0: I'm sure he appreciates that. Yeah. (laughs) Now, um, kind of wrapping up, do you have a go to, uh, either nerd or fitness resource that helps you with powerlifting, with writing, um, anything like that.
1: Sure, I, I guess I have, uh, hmm, probably. So probably three answers: two for writing, one for fitness. Um, for fitness, I go to um, like Kelly Starrett's uh, Mobility Wad website. Um, I tend to be a pretty sore guy, um, and so I need as much help as I can get, um, getting unsore, uh, so I, uh, through watching his videos and also talking to the coaches in my gym, I've, uh, of course bought all these gizmos and accessories that I have at home where I spend a lot of time on the floor trying to get myself, uh, uh, kind of loose and, and less sore, um, but that all kind of originates from Kelly Starrett and his uh, Mobility wad uh, YouTube channel.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Writing-wise, um, uh, in terms of prose, when I'm kind of stuck, um, I have uh, a number of copies of Dennis Johnson's short stories, Jesus's Son um, in my house, uh, one of which is like this little I have the actual book, but then they also, uh, Picador, the publisher, uh, published a mini book version of it. Um, okay. and you could kind of open to any page and find really good alive writing. Um, so if you, if I'm ever stuck, I'll just kind of read a couple pages. Um, and then I'm also finishing rereading, uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman right now. Um, oh, so good. which is, uh, for me kind of the the gold standard of uh higher level uh comic storytelling, so for sure um I think reading that once a year is a, a pretty good endeavor,
0: yeah, absolutely. I actually just reread Lucifer oh awesome yeah um so good i i I love that comic that comic is just so great um All right. Uh, Where can people connect with you or find out more about uh, Electric Sublime and your other work?
1: Um, (laughs) Well, so I have a Twitter. I don't use it a lot. I think I have uh, 15 followers. You you might be one of them. Um, (laughs) uh, I just made it a little bit ago. I'm not really good at social media, but um, uh, I guess I I should maybe try to be. Uh, So um, I'm on there at W Maxwell Prince. Um, but then also just my email, which is wmaxwellprince at gmail.com.
0: Do you mind if we give that out to people if they want to shoot you an email? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. All right. Um, all right. And then here it is to cap things off. What parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the podcast?
1: Um, I guess depending on when this airs, I would say go and vote.
0: It, it will be before election day
1: um yeah uh it seems pretty important um perhaps more so than it's ever been so um that's it's not comics related or fitness related but uh I think it is uh life related so uh
0: absolutely i can i can I can second that make your voice heard, go vote it's it's well worth the time,
1: yeah I mean I'm someone that has actually skipped the last two elections, um, and I made sure to—I uh, wasn't registered in my state, um, so I made sure to do that uh, this go-around.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're glad to hear that. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, um, Will, thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely loved having you. Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me, let me talk a little bit. Dude, absolutely. You're a super fun person to talk to. I absolutely love talking to you at Comic-Con, love talking to you here. Um, you are always welcome back if uh, you want to talk more about Electric Sublime after it comes out or if you've got other work that you want to come on and talk about. Um, you always have a voice here, my friend. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And to everyone listening, that about does it for today. Thank you very much, and we'll catch you on the next one. Work out, nerd out. Yeah, cheers.